Hello and welcome. I'm Roddy. And I'm Jane. And you've joined us for... Stage Door! We have a fantastic hour for you talking all things theatre, film and arts, including... Lifting the Curtain, giving you the inside info of all that's going on nationally, locally and digitally. Snooping around backstage to bring you the news and the gossip. And then, of course, we'll highlight our pick of the week. You can join us and take part in Name That Show, where we ask (laughs) you to guess the musical from three brief clips of songs. Then there's our quick quiz, where the first time I get to don the Quizmaster gloves to question Jane. (sighs) And then later on in the show, don't miss Out of the Vault. That's where we share the plot from a show that you might not have heard of. Then don't miss our spotlight interview. Jane's not only in the guest host seat, the quiz firing line, she's also in the interview chair. Oh, I'm just so brilliant at everything. And that's all coming before midday here on Stage Door. Live across the Thames Valley, this is River Radio. I love that you pointed out that Out of the Vault is spelt oddly, because the first thing Al did was, what's that? <laughs> he thought it sounded like Uta the Vault. Oh, right, OK. But you went so properly Ouija. American, Out of the Vault. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're sitting in the sunshine. It's lovely. Stage Door's gone on a road show again, it's... and we are sitting basking in the sunshine in an office. Looking overlooking, at... well, we're overlooking porter cabins, which is not so nice, but there are some emus and some alpacas very, very close to us. Yes. Bless them. I can see one of their bottoms. Is that all right? Can I say that on River Radio? I don't know. I can't see it, so I think it's fine. (laughs) And we went to see Hamlet not long ago. We had a little outing. We did indeed. Now... Jo, who's my co-host on Stage Door, she has only just seen it, so we haven't had a proper debrief yet. We've both got lots to say, but we enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. My husband didn't fall asleep, which is a miracle. <laughs> Praise itself. And Ian McKellen was absolutely fabulous and made me realise that there is life after 80. Yeah. Oh, yes. Extraordinary. Even just remembering the lines. I mean, granted, I know that's the classic, how do you learn your lines? But the fact he could actually... I mean, he's over 80. That's an incredible memory exercise. It's the biggest check. But the way he was running up and down those steps. Yeah. I'd have had a coronary (laughs) running up and down those steps. Now, just a fair warning. We both like singing. Do you like singing, Jane? Just a little bit. (laughs) Jane's burst into singing about eight times today. Um particularly in the morning when Christmas seemed to be in the air. Well, there was... Somebody had done a course called Step Into English. Oh, that was it. So I just changed the changed the words slightly and sang... Um, Suddenly Elton John got whacked mm. out. Step Into English. Step, and then, then you segued into... What was it? Your phone ringtone made you... Start oh, like a, yes, that made everybody start dancing, actually. Like a Karacha is my ringtone on my phone. And when it went off, it was almost like a kind of weird flash mob of <laughs> middle-aged ladies doing some weird salsa. Doing some dancing. I should point out that Jane and I worked together in a college. More on that later. But uh, this is one of our day jobs. Right, we're going to jump in to name that show. Name that show. I mean, I'm surprised you weren't singing along with the jingle. I mean, granted, you haven't heard it yet, but no. I'm not quite ready. The world's not ready (laughs) for me singing on radio. (laughs) Okay, so you've got three chances in the course of the hour to try and work out if you can guess what musical this clip is from. The French are glad to die for love. 
Now, if you know, don't uh, say anything. Am I meant to know that? No, not necessarily. That's good. How are you feeling? You don't. I'm quite relieved. Well, often the first snippet is quite tricky, and then they get a bit easier, and then they get a bit easier, hoping that by the end, someone will email in to roddy at river.radio and tell me if you know what that show is. Not just the song. In fact, I think the song title, weirdly and rarely, is even harder this week than the show title. <laughs> okay. If you know the name of the show, tell us. I reckon they should hear it again. The French... Are glad to die for love. It would help if you could work out the name of who's singing. I'll give you a clue. She's quite famous. <laughs> Speaking of who's not famous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, so no singing on radio, but dancing's absolutely fine. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them all. (laughs) Karate chopping your way around. Now, I thought we'd talk about how we met. Jane, how did we meet? Do you want the censored version or the full version? It's 11 o'clock in the morning. Everyone's had their cornflakes, haven't they? Strong constitution. I reckon you can give us the um, bells and whistles. Um, We met at a show in Reading. We did. It's the censored version. That you don't need to say that what, you left that, in the interval. That we left in the interval. No, you can say that. You, you can say that we met in the bar afterwards. <laughs> because we'd left in the interval, <laughs> and we were still in the bar when you came out, having seen the whole show. That's how we really met. Yes. The name of the show has been removed for personal reasons. I needed a teacher, and we had one of those. Oh, hello! How do you know Stella? Oh, you'd been to drama school with Stella, and I'd been in the same agency as Stella. I said, I don't suppose you teach teen ages do you and he said yes I do and I said well I don't suppose it's local and he went actually it's in Marlowe and so um, now you work for me. Thanks very much that worked out quite well. I went to the pub for a beer and came out with a job. I thought we'd just uh, ask each other a little bit about a legendary performance we've seen on stage. Thinking of having watched McKellen you know you're aware that you're watching one of the great stars of British theatre. I'm going to go for another Hamlet actually controversially having just talked about Surian. Oh go on. Jamie Ballard at Shakespeare at the Tobacco Factory in 2008 was just blistering. So immediately raw and real, the way he talked to the audience, you felt like you were actually witnessing a man on the brink of a breakdown and struggling with his family. It was just glorious. Um, And he's not a big name yet. He's currently Harry Potter in the West End. So I'm hoping that that's going to elevate his profile. He's been at the RSC a lot. He's one of those actors who's just been constantly doing really solid, good work. And I think that often pays off. You know, your Mark Rylances of this world can suddenly go bing. Mm. And they're in films. It just takes a little while for people who are known for stage to cross over to screen, don't it just? Who have you seen that you thought was legendary? Well, what comes to mind is Derek Jacobi in King Lear. But what was more legendary was the person who threw up in the seat next to me. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> but I thought you were going to say Andrew Scott in Hamlet, which I didn't get to see. OK. I have heard amazing reports on. I and can actually imagine now that. he is in everything. Sexy everywhere. Priest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can imagine Sexy Priest doing mm-hmm. a very nice version of Hamlet. That We're talking about Fleabag, by the way, not just sort of the local father. Right. Let's lift the curtain. This, Jane, is where we have a little look at what's been going on and what is happening in the local area and further oh. afield. Now, Sarah Millican was at the Wickham Swan last night. Did, was she indeed? Did you go? Do you like it? No, I didn't know she was at the Wickham Swan, which is something to do with possibly their marketing department when we did. <laughs> 
because I love Sarah Millican. Um, I think she um, possibly sold out a long time ago, so no, it might be that I'm they did enough. such a good job they didn't need to bother getting in touch with you. Favourite comedian? Tricky. I'm liking Hal Cruttenden at the moment. Oh, yeah. He does a very good sketch about overeating. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we saw, I was just seeing that Northern Farm's on your list there. Yeah. And it's great when you get their pre-Edinburgh um, shows where they're trying material out. So. Oh, Greg yeah. Davis was fantastic. And um, the pub landlord. Yeah. Al, uh, not Alf Garnet. What's his uh, name? Al Murray. Al Murray. <laughs> yes, it was very good. I got off lightly because I have a teaching <laughs> credit to my name, so ah. I didn't go anywhere near telling him I'm an actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah. No. Safe. I remember in Edinburgh years ago going up on stage when I was doing a show, and I played it completely straight. I didn't do anything silly or untoward, but I did make sure that my T-shirt with the name of the show on it on my back prominently faced the audience for the entire time I was on stage. Good skills. We, we sort of got arrested when I what? was working in Edinburgh because we had we had a banner for our show which was called Have You Seen My Pussy? And um, we were driving through the beautiful park just outside Edinburgh. And the, the Meadows. Police, I don't know what it's called, but the police stopped us and said you cannot advertise in the Royal Parks. <laughs> Oh. Was this a Mrs Slocum nod? Was it? It a... was a Mrs Slocum nod, very definitely. Are you being served? Yes, There's absolutely. a very funny Tim Minchin song about that called the Three Minute Song, and he's at the Royal Variety Show, and he's livid that never mind a royal park in front of a royal, that he's not allowed to say certain rude things. He is flabbergasted that the BBC got away with it for years in seventies British comedy. Speaking of comedy, then John Bishop's coming to the Wickham Swan next week, so you haven't oh, missed him yet. No. And as you said, Norden Farm, they've advertised couple of things coming up in October so looking further ahead if you want to get your diary booked up they've got a couple of one night gigs from the 40s to the noughties uh, with a local acting star we'll tell you more about that nearer the time and also catch of the day so those both look like nice one-off gigs coming to Norden Farm later in the year have you ever been to the mill at Sonning for a little dinner? I have. It was a bit weird because I went with a fellow actor and then it was like being on a date, but not on a date because it's a very intimate setting. It's yeah. very lovely to take somebody that you're very close to. <laughs> <laughs> but we were having Candlelit kind of, dinner yes, for two. It really was, and it was a bit awkward. Luckily, well, we're still friends. So Well, the mill at Sonning, uh, as we've mentioned before, has got two into one, uh, written by Ray Cooney on at the minute. And then after that, They've got Top Hat with a stunning set, dazzling costumes and lots of dancing, tapping, ballroom dancing. Oh, I might have to give that a, a Oh, look. yeah, get your sequin um, dress and out. And also, uh, I wonder if uh, George Clooney likes dancing because he's known to pop in the back once the audience are in place. Did you <laughs> know that? what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Into the auditorium. Ah, right. Yes, well, he's not very far from here, is he? Down the road in the yeah, Thames yeah. Valley. So yeah. He's in Sonning. Oh, right. Is he's, it actually in Sonning? actually in Sonning. No wonder, he <laughs> probably owns the mill. <laughs> yes, I think he might have helped them out a little bit. Well, yeah, that would make sense. That would be a very nice thing to do. I think he did that in lockdown.
Um, the Hexagon in Reading. Full disclosure, never been. Have you been? I saw Mr Tumble in pantomime. Oh. And it went on and on <laughs> and on. It was a two and a half hour show and my daughter was three. Right. That's, that's quite a long pitched. pantomime. Yes, yeah. yes. But they were having a lovely time. Yes. Um, well, they've got award-winning and Edinburgh Fringe sellout Adam Kay. This is going to hurt. Secret oh. Diaries of a Junior Doctor. It was supposed to be on in June and they've managed to push it forward two months. Have you read the book? No, but I've read a lot of reviews about it. It goes down very well. I mean, it's sold out in Edinburgh several times. He's won awards for it. I think it's probably quite a cheeky show. Mm. I think it's one of those things where you can't quite believe it's true. Um, and then the Watermills Outdoor Garden performance of Styles and Drew's Just So continues with Beasts, Birds and Fish. I think that would be absolutely charming, walking around the gardens of the Watermill. Oh, it's so, so pretty. Oh, yeah. Jinx. Uh, the last time I was there, there were little baby ducklings just mm. wandering along behind Mummy Duck. Now, looking further afield to the Theatre Royal Haymarket, do you know what's coming on stage to the Theatre Royal Haymarket? No, tell me, tell me now. Frozen is coming. <gasps> Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's off. Oh, we warned you. Um, now, the Theatre Royal Haymarket hasn't ever had a Disney show in it. Disney have been trying to get a show in there for years. I think they wanted to put The Lion King in there, but the substage wasn't deep enough to get Pride Rock in. But they've actually, since the refurb, dug down lower and now it's lower than it ever was. And so presumably some enormous ice sculpture comes out of there. But it's going to be a dazzling show. I'm also largely excited to go and see a refurbished theatre. It's always really fun to see what What someone's done. done. Um, I stuck my nose in the front door the other day. There's a very pretty cocktail bar. There's a very nice little sort of bougie restaurant, cafe, dining area on the side. They're going to open large swathes of the theatre foyer during the day so that you can go in and have a meeting and sit in these palatial, opulent surroundings. So is this all um, leading to the fact that you want to go and see Frozen, but yes. you're going to use all this as a reason why you're going to the theatre. A, a cover, a smokescreen for mm. why I've gone to see Disney's Frozen. I love Frozen. Good music. Shall we go? That yeah, could be let's go. Workout. It could be a nice little Christmas trick, couldn't it? Yes. Um, speaking of the music, here is a clip of the Broadway cast in rehearsals singing one of the numbers from the show.
Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella has officially opened and it's had a, a number of different reviews. Well, I met somebody who'd been who just told me that I had to go and it was just amazing. Wow. Mm. OK, and that's certainly the five star reviews that are emblazoned across the marketing that comes out, obviously. There are some people who are a little bit nervous of quite the way it's been put together and quite the way the script is working and whether or not it unites as a whole. But I think, largely speaking, it was quite warm, the response, insofar as it's been highly anticipated for a long time. More importantly, how talented is Emerald Fennell? Well, she's won an Oscar and now she's just casually writing West End shows. And she played um, Camilla. Oh, yeah, of course. Really well. Yeah, and her dad sells diamonds, so everyone's winning. So she's got backing. Uh, Which is what Matt Damon had for um, Goodwin Hunting, I read the other day. Really? Mm. What did he have? His dad's an investment banker. (laughs) Yeah, great. It's a little bit like there was some controversy about Dear Evan Hansen moving to film because the lead from the stage show, his father is the executive producer and he's far too old to play the age of Evan now um, but was defending the fact that he should be allowed to play it because it's his partner who made it on stage. What he's very clever not to mention is and daddy's paying for it. He had the audacity to say this it wouldn't be happening without me. Is that right? Okay. Slightly precious. Um, now I'm excited to see a friend of mine has got a job. That's always exciting. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, wow. uh, You know, the story of the famous Headless Horseman has Mm -hmm. got Wendy Peters and Bill Ward in it. Now, Bill Ward, I did Panto with in Derby two Christmases ago. He's such a lovely man. Very deep-chested man, you know. Um, He's such a naturally charming, generous, gentle man. Like, very good. Ah, ah. Big laugh, big handshake. Such a warm character. I imagine he's not playing a warm character. Um, It's on from the 30th of September to the 4th of December and adapted for the stage by Philip Meeks. The closest that's touring, I think, to the Thames Valley is probably Malvern. Oh, that's really close. (laughs) Jane is not about to saddle up to go to Malvern. I'd love to go to Malvern. I've heard wonderful things about it. I've never been to Malvern, but I've heard it's beautiful. I went to a wedding there last weekend. Very nice. Um, Merlin Tong's new adaptation of Sophocles. Pete's brother. (laughs) It's all gone Pete Tong. It's all gone Merlin Tong. Uh, Well, no, hopefully Merlin Tong's adaptation is slightly better than Pete would manage it, which is. Sophocles' Antigone. I like a bit of Greek drama. Oh, and I do. this yes. is coming to the Mercury Theatre in Colchester, which again I realise is nowhere near the Thames Valley. But for those of you who like to keep abreast of what's going on in the theatre, um, then that might be something for you if you fancy seeing a little bit of the classics. Have you ever witnessed an on stage proposal, Jane? Not an on stage proposal. I don't think I've ever witnessed a proposal apart from my own. Oh, well, I'm pleased you were there for that. Yes. The, I. <laughs> think I'd find it overwhelmingly cringy but it is always exciting for the person or for the people involved when they say yes but what if they said no well that is the that is my primary concern is not being able to watch it in case uh, the poor person says no but pretty woman actress Kimberly Blake um, had something of an extra special weekend uh, last week because not only was it her birthday but her partner David got up and proposed at the curtain call she said yes is he an actor I don't know the details he pop up Jane. from the audience then no look he's just wearing a suit he's got up out the auditorium someone's in on that yeah absolutely possibly possibly the uh, fiance you know bit of publicity isn't it oh Tamsin Greg you've got on that um list. I have do you like Tamsin Greg I know of her very well I met her in the swimming pool once 
She was dating a friend of mine. Oh, right. OK, well, well, we'll leave that behind. <laughs> um, Tamsin Gregg is one of the big names coming to the Hampstead Theatre later on in the year. So they've unveiled two big productions. We're talking very much the end of this year. Um, so Stockard Channing and Rebecca Knight are going to be in the Pulitzer Prize winning Night Mother by Marsha oh, Norman. that'll be worth seeing. It's not been there for, what, 30, nearly 40 years, it mm. pains me to say, because that date is painfully close to my date of birth. Um, so that's on at the 22nd of October to the 4th of December at Hampstead. And then Tamsin Grieg is in Alan Plater's comedy Peggy for You from the 10th of December to the 29th of January. So a couple of massive names there Mm. coming to the Hampstead Theatre. It's time we had some music, though, and I'm going to play one of your all-time faves, which we're going to dance around the office to. Everything is great. Everything is grand. I got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand. Everything is perfect. It's falling into place. I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face. Life's a happy song, and there's someone by my side to sing along. When you're alone, life can be a little low. It makes you feel like you're three foot tall. When it's just you, well, times can be tough. When there's no one there to catch your fall. Everything is great, everything is grand I got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand Everything is perfect, it's falling into place I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face Life smells like a rose With someone to paint, someone to pose Life's a piece of cake With someone to pedal, someone to break Life is full of glee With someone to saw, someone to see Life's a happy song When there's someone by my side to sing along Everything that I need Right in front of me Nothing's stopping me Nothing that I can't be with you Right here next to me Life's a piece of cake With someone to give And someone to take Life's a piece of pie With someone to wash someone, someone to drive Life's an easy road With someone beside you to share the load Life is full of high With someone to stir And someone to fry Life's a leg of lamb With someone there to lend a hand So fill it a fish. Hey! Yes, it is. Life's a happy song. When there's someone by your side to sing There's someone by your side to sing. Life's a happy song when there's someone by your side to sing along. Oh, that is a happy song. That's cheered me up. <laughs> oh, good. I'm pleased you needed cheering up after 20 minutes talking to me. That's done it. Right, this is River Radio. You can listen on our website, river.radio, on our mobile app for Apple and Android. Just search for River Radio Live. And you can even tell Alexa... Hey, Alexa, play River Radio Live. Let's just set them all off. 
Now it's time for our pick, though. And I say our pick. I've been doing far too much of the talking, Jane Scott. I want you to tell us what your pick of the week is, because unusually it's a film. Yes, I went to see Free Guy. Now, I don't know where you put the emphasis. Is it Free Guy or Free Guy? (laughs) Either way, my friend and I sat down and apparently her immediate thought was, what have we done? Because Ryan Reynolds is playing a character in a video game. So he starts off being... It's a bit like the Truman Show meets... hmm, Transformers? Yes, something like that. (laughs) But we got sucked in. It was great entertainment and the performances are really, really good because it's got Jodie Cromer, is that the name of the Killing Eve actress? Yes, Coma. Coma. I think Cromer is where you get crab from. (laughs) 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 Not crabs, crabs. And parts of the shipping forecast. (laughs) Yes. um, So the the performances were, were fantastic. Obviously the special effects and everything else were really impressive just really really good all round entertainment oh good I see it's listed as action adventure and comedy which are three things I massively enjoy well all those three things were in it good Mm. I'm pleased in the affirmative (laughs) because I the last time I sat down and watched a film and had an overwhelming sense that I'd made an enormous mistake it was Cats the musical yes and I'm afraid that was borne out by the film so I'm pleased that your expectation was bucked by what came next absolutely really good Ryan Reynolds plays um, a character in a video game who then starts to act autonomously. So Ah. all the other characters are controlled by people in the real world joining the game and controlling the characters. I see. And then they find out that he's actually not being controlled by anybody and it goes rogue. It feels a bit like it's got shades of a light-hearted Matrix or Avatar then in that you've got a digital world and you're breaking through. Yes, in fact, that was what I... um, It's it's a bit like the Truman Show meets Inception. Ah, okay. Good. Well, I'm pleased we've got the, layers got the Venn diagram there. Yes. Um, so that's, I imagine, at all good cinemas worldwide. Yes, absolutely. Great. So you can head to the There's cinema. There's a big push to get people to go back to the cinema. I think a lot of them are going to close. I haven't been for 18 months. When did you last been before Free Guy? I went to see at midnight in Liverpool. We went to see Cruella. Oh. Now that is worth a look. I really want to see that. I'm just waiting for it not to cost 25 quid on Disney+. Plus. Is that good fun? Well, that's why you need to go to the cinema, because you can get a ticket for, like, 9 Yeah, I know, but if you, by the time two of you have gone and had a half a Coca-Cola, you're back up to 25 quid, aren't you? I really want to see that, because not only do I love... Emma Thompson and Emma Stone. Um, I think the costumes look incredible. I mean, I'm biased in a couple of those cases. God, you go to, you like your films. I like my films. Yeah, we'll have to keep. I you like up. the big screen experience as well, and you... I like the reclining seats and the fact that I don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's a bit like the reason why people go to a restaurant. Isn't the it? only thing that's a bit weird now that they've got rid of social distancing is that you could get sat next to a teenager who tends to recline and that's a bit weird (laughs) moving on to name that show part two any closer to what that might be (laughs) Absolute rabbit in a headlight head shake to me. I realise now, I know it so well, I've made these hard because I've thought, well, otherwise it just gives it away too much. So I've deliberately chosen a couple of bits that I think don't really give you much of a flavour of it. If you know what it is at home, email roddy at river.radio. I'll let you listen to it again because I'm nice like that. Here's your guy when Scott's so high, but beware when they start to 
harsh. I just called him harsh. <laughs> Thinks I'm being a meanie. I well, think he's been a, a big meanie. So if you get this right, well done. Yeah, Jade's going to be impressed. Well, having been mean, I'm now going to ask you five questions. Oh no! Be nice. Delicate flower, Jane, is going to... (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Very delicate. ...is going to be asked five quiz questions by me now. Now, um, pen and paper at the ready, please. (gasps) Do you not bring a pen? There we go. Question one. Ready? Okay. Quiet, please, in the exam room. Question one. Which legend wrote the music for Billy Elliot the musical, which enjoyed huge success in the West End and on Broadway? Hey, see, look. Straight off, straight up. Holds it up so the rest of the room can see. Look, people will be copying you. People at home will be emailing into Roddy at River.Radio if they know these. I've never been allowed to ask the questions, so I'm slightly punch drunk with being the quiz master. So question one, who wrote Billy Elliot the musical? Question two, what Shakespeare play has a man in yellow stockings, cross-gartered, cavorting about the place? (laughs) There are... This isn't multiple choice. This is why we work so well together, because we either sing or we giggle. <laughs> it's not just giggling. You've joined us for an hour of giggling on stage. So door. I can never remember which play it is. I'm not telling you which oh, one it is. Okay. I will do during the course of the me, answers. Me, me. So, yeah, in which play do you get a yellow-stockinged, cross-gartered man? Um, question three, what is hot-seating? Quite a broad one, this, but what's hot-seating? I thought this would be a interesting opportunity to find out whether you've done any of that before now loads done loads of it loads of it right. don't worry about it mate we shall find out later when you interview me about all the things i've done what oh I've, yeah what have i done what i've done what play, have i done to play what i was what in have I done? <laughs> what have i done it sounds like you're really ruining something and um, are you wanting me to check how it's going yes. yeah i think you're doing really well thank keep you keep going well done i'm really impressed i don't want to smell your pen no <laughs> jane's just no wonder the giggling's increased question four who played Christine in the original stage show of Phantom of the Opera? Oh. Who played Christine in the original stage show of Phantom of the Opera? I have to say, you're doing very well. You're doing a lot better than I normally do. Well, I should. I've worked in theatre, film and TV for 20 years. You should know something. <laughs> Some of it stuck. Some of it stuck, And yes. question five. Now, this is the, this is the main one. Because I know you've worked in stage management as well. So I want to know if you can tell me what is a dry tech. So not just a tech. What's a dry tech? So tech is a technical rehearsal. What's a dry tech? Any guesses? Right. If you know the answers at home, by the way, help Jane out. Help a woman out here. Email roddy at river.radio. I'll go through the answers in a minute, don't worry. (laughs) Email roddy at river.radio. And while Jane checks her answers, we'll listen to some Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, Tui. Tui, I don't know what else to do for you. Mr. Mushnick and Audrey, they just met you, but I've been going through this for weeks. Grow and wilt, spurt and flop. Are you sickly little plant or you're just stubborn? What is it you want? What is it you need? I've given you sunshine. I've given you dirt. You've given me nothing but heartache and hurt. I'm begging you sweetly I'm down on my knees Oh please Grow for me I've 
giving you plant food and water to sip. I've given you potash. It's a sensible suggestion, certainly with some cuts. Oh, how I missed you. Oh, pod, how you tease. Now please grow for me. I've given you southern exposure to get you to thrive. I've hit your back hard like I'm supposed to. You're barely alive. I've tried you at levels of moisture from desert to mud. I've given you grow like tech mineral supplements. What do you want from me, blood? Ow! Damn roses. Damn thorns. Clumsy me. Hey, Tui, look what happened. Hey, you opened up. I wonder what made you do that. I think I know what made you do that. Well, I guess a few drops couldn't hurt, long as you don't make a habit out of it or anything. I've given you sunlight. I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy unless I open a vein. I'll give you a few drops if that'll appease. Now, please. Grow for me? But it's time to jump back into the quiz. Now, Jane, I'm afraid to tell you that time's up. <laughs> I've run my comedy buzzers. <laughs> I was just um, remembering Sale of the Century with that organ you had playing. Oh, do you like the organ? What's Sale, Sale of, of the, the Century? Sale of the Century was a show that was before you were born. <laughs> Nicholas Parsons. Do you remember Nicholas oh, Parsons? Oh, I remember Nicholas Parsons. He hosted Lovely. it in the 70s, I think. Just a minute. Right, you haven't got a minute left even, though. Look, I need the answers to these questions. Who wrote Billy Elliot, the musical? Um, Reginald Dwight. <laughs> Very good look. Hey, niche knowledge. Also known as... Elton John. Elton John. Very good. Elton John wrote Billy Elliot, the musical. Question two. What Shakespeare play has a man in yellow stockings, cross-gartered... Um, the character is Malvolio. The character is Malvolio. Is my second choice correct? <laughs> I would say your second choice? choice is wrong, but... OK, right. That... <laughs> so Making the answer... It, Twelfth Night. Very good. Twelfth Night. Yes. Twelfth Night, it's the one with Viola and Olivia and a shipwreck. I mean, granted, there's quite a few and of them Sebastian, with a shipwreck. The, the twins and... Yeah, the, the yeah. twin. Again, there's quite a few with twins. But yeah, the key thing about Twelfth Night, as far as I'm concerned, is there's a man with some funny yellow tights. I and like in yellow. fact, we didn't know each other then, but I've seen you in Twelfth Night, <laughs> You I? have. Not that I wore these silly yellow Not stockings. Not as no. But yes, in Reading Minster. Yes. Question three, what's hot seating? It's when you interview a character, usually as part of a rehearsal process. Very good. I mean, couldn't put it better myself. Yeah, it's character research where you do basically a Q&A with a character to try and find out a little bit more about your backstory, which sounds like one of those terrifying things. And I can tell you it is, but it's one of those incredibly fruitful things as well that you oh, come out the I end of it. it. It's fantastic. You know lots yeah. more about who the heck you're playing. Mm. Who played Christine in the original stage Phantom? Well, this is a complete guess, but only because I know that she was married to the composer. That's a strong <laughs> suggestion. Sarah Brightman. It is bang on the money, yes. There we go, nepotism wins again. And yes. question five. No, it's not not having any alcohol, but I like the idea. What is a dry tech? 
Well, I said, is it when you've got no sound and light cues? That's a really interesting idea, and it, you're on the right lines. It's the other way around, though. There's no actors. You play all the sounds oh, and right. lights. You move the bits of set. You practice <laughs> you it all works. But, people. but you don't put the actors in yet. Yeah. It's been a long time since I was a stage manager, I'll say. I was stage manager upstairs at the Gatehouse. I'll give them a shout-out in Highgate Village. Oh. Uh, in 1999. 99? Mm. Hey, the dawn of the millennium. The verge of a new age. Age of Aquarius. No, that wasn't the age of Aquarius. (laughs) I knew you'd sing that, and it's the reason that uh, I knew you'd like that that made me think you might know our vault show. So let's hack our way into the vault. Right, so you've got to come with me into the airlock door. So I've put the pin in. Quick, quick. (laughs) Yeah, very good. Hey, look, she's got the hang of the um, radio acting yet, and then we pull the door to. Now rifle through the roller decks. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Looking through the roller decks, we've come up with R for the roller re- decks. You weren't even born when we used roller decks. Now look here, yes, but I know what. There we go. I know what a fax is, don't I? Now, it's my roller decks she brings question. all her own sound effects. Like- look. R is for Return to the Forbidden Planet, which I'm amazed you don't know. Having mentioned some Shakespeare, this is actually... I nearly asked you this, which, given you don't know, it would have been really mean. Because you don't know anything about Return to the Forbidden Planet. No. (laughs) She's taken a circumspect look at the poster and gone, no. It's by Bob Carlton, and it's based on The Tempest. It's basically a rock version of... The Tempest. Oh, that's why I haven't seen it, because I don't really like The Tempest. I had to watch it when I was teaching A-level drama. And it, put, <laughs> and it put you off. That's good to know. Well, it's a sci-fi, also, but I didn't know this, it's also based on a sci-fi film, Forbidden Planet, um, which itself was based on The Tempest. So it's got 50s and 60s rock and roll classics. Um, it's got lots of very cheesy jokes to try and crowbar those in. It's one of the first jukebox musicals, really, but it's got a great script. It's I'm got not a great... that old, looking at me like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite old, by the way. So I'm you are not old, Jane. 24 years older than you. Oh, I thought you were going to say 24. I thought we were playing radio ages. <laughs> Definitely get away with that. Um, so it's set on a spaceship. It was originally conceived for actor musos. There's a lot of work for actor musicians. I wish I could play anything other than the recorder. Can you play any instruments? I can play the recorder. <laughs> play the recorder. Great, we'll do. I can play acoustic guitar. I can sort of play. The, I can play one hand on the piano. Oh, that's not bad. If you want, if you want I can chords. play Jaws on the piano, which is not great, really. It's two notes. So Return to the Forbidden Planet won Best New Musical at the Olivier's, two years running in 1989 and 1990. Um, I, uh, I was out of the country then. That's why I don't know it. Oh, I see. I went and run a bar in Greece. <laughs> You sound quite Welsh then. I went and ran the bar. <laughs> it's quite high camp, high visuals, lots of tin foil, aerials in a silver spacesuit, for goodness sake, on roller skates. Um, there's lots of sort of silly... So it's like Starlight Express meets um, Star Trek. Yeah, I, but meet Shakespeare, because there's an actual plot, which is unlike quite a lot of jukebox musicals. Um, and then there's quite often video grabs of celebrities people like patrick moore brian may richard o'brien they've all done guest cameos in it it's huge fun and i thought we couldn't really go wrong than to listen to great balls of fire you shake my nerves and you rail my brain you kind of love to drive a man insane you broke my will but what a thrill goodness gracious great balls of fire
Listening to River Radio. You can listen to us online at river.radio, on Apple, Android, and Alexa. You can listen again on our website, and we're also a podcast on Apple and Spotify now, and coming very soon to DAB. Oh, very nice. Which is great because I'll be able to listen to it in my car since Roddy helped me with the Bluetooth. <laughs> Showed you how to make the Bluetooth work. Now, actually, since we've got the Bluetooth working, you could listen on the app. And then connect it through your speakers. I'll show you how to do that on the way out. Right, still to come. Find out if you've correctly managed to name that show. But now, the moment has your moment has arrived. Dun, dun, dun. Time for our spotlight interview. Well, those of you who've been listening for the last 40 minutes will know that Jane is our guest today, both guest host and also you're in the interview chair. So thank you, firstly, for being here. How That's d- why I'm so tired. <laughs> Absolutely. Slumped over her chair. <laughs> <laughs> you can't light that up in here. Right. How did you get into performing? Ooh. Well, I started as a stage manager. I did a drama course at the City Lit in London and they were putting on a performance at the Edinburgh Festival called Have You Seen My Pussy? (laughs) written by Ronnie Grant, I think his surname was, and they asked me to stage manage it. So I stage managed it, avoided getting arrested, as I told you earlier. (laughs) And then we all stayed in the student accommodation in Edinburgh. I don't know, have you done Edinburgh? Yep. So we stayed in one of the student flats and there was some guy and he looked like the Hair Bear Bunch. Do you ever know the Hair Bear Bunch? They were three bears that went around on the same cycle. Yeah, I think so. One of them had an awful lot of hair. Yeah. Anyway, he was a lovely chap and he said, do you fancy coming to do this in London? As in stage manage shows. And I said, oh, whereabouts in London? He said, oh, Highgate. And I said, oh, I live in Highgate. So I got a job literally a minute from where I live. Oh, it's the same kind of serendipity that made me come and work for you. Yeah, which is why people find me a bit freaky. I was born on Friday the 13th, so I have a lot to do with it. He said, I'm opening up upstairs at the gatehouse, come and be our in-house stage manager. And so I did. Cut a long story short, I, I just had an epiphany in 2004 and I was staying in Hampstead and had this epiphany that I needed to go to drama school. The connection with that story is that I rang the tutor 
who I'd gone to Edinburgh with for her company, mm. for her advice about where to go. And she said, have a look at Albra. They're doing really good things at the moment. And they had a TV studio and they used to bring in guest directors. So I went to Albra for a year and then I started to get work. So Great. that's how it happened. Brilliant. And you mentioned that you were doing quite a lot of screen training there. You've been on a couple of soaps, right? Well, I've been on the same soap twice. Wh- which was? Emmerdale. Oh. And a little, a little bit of serendipity there is that I grew up in York and went to school with a girl whose farm was used at the very the very first Emmerdale farm. Oh, wow. Oh, that's nice. So it was really com- nice sort of, you know, coming tying. full circle. Yeah. So what was Emmerdale like? Were you playing a farmer? No, I was played a... Ner- no, first I played a mum whose son was psychotic and, and she was waiting to oh, be gosh. assessed. Yeah. And I had a lovely time with the lady. <laughs> we got the minibus together to go to the set and I said, oh, have you been in Emmerdale long? She went, yes, 20 years. <laughs> Oh no! Whoops! Whoops! The Navy. Having mentioned the lovely Bill Ward earlier, he mm-hmm. was in Emmerdale. Did you ever? I think pretty much everybody has been in <laughs> Emmerdale. It, it's the one thing that kept ITV going in the kind of crash of two thousand and eight. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Then they called me back two years later to be a nurse, which was lovely because I didn't have to audition. And I, Great. Know. So what, just straight in? Straight in. Yeah, we liked what you did last time. Come and do that, yeah, but yeah. just wear the nurse Yeah, we'd just be yeah, completely different character. Different. Um... I thought you did casualty. We're no, not... everybody thinks that because I look like... It, it looks like casualty oh. because it's accident and emergency. Oh, I see. Yes. Now, go on. Tell us about some of the adverts you've done. Because well, these are lucrative. We've talked about these. We talked about these last week with David Armad. You know, they might not be the world's most high art, but... They pay quite well. They pay quite well, not as well as they did in the 80s, because I've got a friend who bought a house from the advert that he did for Aero. Oh, wow. So it's very good money for a day's work. Yeah. And the first one I did was for a certain chicken company. I see. Fried chicken company. Yeah. I think there's a clue in the name there. (laughs) Then they may not be seen as high art, but they're really good when you're just out of drama school um, to be able to repeat takes and to learn about the whole industry and to learn about the fact that you've got to be natural and you could do like 80 takes yeah i mean my last ad um, which is currently running in australia it was for Maltesers, and so I had to eat a lot of Maltesers to the point that they gave us a spittoon at the end. Oh, wow. Mm. It's a very funny advert, that. If only it didn't rely so heavily on the visuals, I'd play it. Um, but it is a brilliant, very funny ad. And you're right, it is so natural. I hadn't ever thought of that. Quite a lot of people cut their teeth on ads, you know. I realised it sounded like I was being a bit snobby about them, but actually there are cinematographers and directors who train on ads. Steve Carell got his first filming role, which I think was in Little Miss Sunshine, or he got cast in Little Miss Sunshine because the directors used to be commercial directors and he did a commercial for them 10 years before and he was so funny that he got cast in them. Yeah, 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 that's amazing. We were saying even earlier today, it's extraordinary how long some creatives' memories are. Like, oh, I know exactly the person for that. You can think you've done badly in an audition and then cut forward, they've remembered you eight years later. So you've changed your name which is interesting. Tell us about that. Because quite a lot of actors change their name because someone's already got it on equity and they want it to be unique. I mean, 
two reasons. The first reason is because I do a lot of teaching, as you know, and everybody checks you out, don't they? Yeah. They find you. So it's, I'm actually quite glad that I decided to change my name because yeah, nobody would know where to look yeah. for my, my actual name. Um, but the reason I changed it was because my surname starts with an S and I was told that casting directors cast alphabetically. Oh, wow. So I just want... It was an experiment, really. But as there's a nice little pun in there, because I'm still Ascot. Oh, because so, you whacked an A at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And sticking true to the Thames Valley, uh, you're an Ascot. Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of worked in all sorts of ways, really. Tell us about your experience in agencies. Not good. Now, you've told me before about co-ops. I was in a co-op and I had an agent. Now, for people listening at home who don't know what the difference is, tell us what that is. Okay, so when I graduated from drama school, the principal said to me, you'd be really good in a co-op. And I was like, what's a co-op? And basically all the actors represent each other. Right. And so it's a really good way to get to know the industry. cut your teeth. Cut your teeth. There is a certain snobbery and hierarchy, but then again... Within the co-op or within the industry? Within the industry, but but there is anyway. If you're with an agent, you might be... There's an A list, a B list, and then there's... Yeah. yeah. And I'd say a good co-op is on a par with an agent's B list, actually. Yeah. So I joined a cooperative called Crescent Management which is where the lovely Stella yeah. is still a member, which is who uh, I was met. with when we met. Each You take a, t- a day in the office um, and you work as an agent. So it's a really interesting insight into Great. the other side of the industry. I finished my year at drama school and I didn't know which co-op to go with, so I went with the building in Chiswick where I used to work. Cut back to the stage management story. Yeah. Um, I talked them out of having a stage manager. I said, you can't afford to have a stage manager every company coming in will have their own stage manager and then, um, the show that was in at the time was the bootleg Beatles guy had um, written a play yeah. a musical play and he went so Jane what are you doing after this I went nothing I've just talked myself out of a job and he went oh, we need a press officer come and work for us in Chiswick so I was press officer for the bootleg Beatles for a year and then building where the carp is it was one of those you know loads of companies all in one office yeah and I thought, well, I'll send, I'll send it in there. And again, serendipity. They said, oh, somebody who looks like you's just left. Come in. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And so that was it. I had an agent, and then I got my first ad, and then I just got loads of work, loads of work. It's amazing how much. I had much... an ad every couple of months, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, most people who go to drama school never, never work ever. Work breeds work, and particularly in <laughs> yeah. uh, within an industry, though. So having done an advert, quite often when I've gone in for an advert casting, and I never managed to get one. I've come close. I've been penciled, but never actually done it. Penciled is when they say you, might, we might use you but we've not put you in pen in the diary yet but um, they always want to know what other adverts have you done I think partly because if you've done some that clash they don't want you but if you've done others and they think oh you've got a face for it and also you know you. that there's going to be 28 takes and you've yeah. got to look natural on every single one yeah. if you're there raising your eyebrows after three they'll <laughs> be very happy it's a lot of money on an ad and you've got to get it you've got to get what they want straight away so so far we've had teleactress commercials mm-hmm. actress mm-hmm. press officer for mm-hmm. the bootleg Beatles, mm-hmm. stage manager what mm-hmm. other crazy jobs have you done because you are a, an absolute kaleidoscope of 
career experience? Bar manager on Greek island, you got that. Wow, bar man- now when was bar manager on a Greek island? That was before all this creative stuff, because the reason I came back from Greece was because I wanted to pursue creative endeavours. Well, my friend used to save up her invoices under her desk for me so that I could get some temping work when I came back. Oh. And she'd ring me up, she'd say, yeah, I've got the invoices. So I'd go in and put them in envelopes for her. And then while I was there, they got me to write some verse for Greenstone's cards, <laughs> like you do. Your skills in cocktail making on a Greek island in a bar came to fruition, as far as I was concerned, in lockdown when I didn't know what triple sec was and you told me to go to Sainsbury's and get Quantro. I can still free pour, if we've got six shot glasses, I can still free pour you a kamikaze and it'll perfectly fit. (laughs) There won't be a drop wasted. That is an excellent skill and certainly the sort of thing... I've been a photographer's assistant. My uncle was a West End photographer and he very kindly gave me a job for two years. Basically, I was trying to be a writer. So I had some lovely meetings with QDOS and BBC Radio 4 and things like that, but I had no idea what I was doing. So um, I became an actor instead. And you've got some exciting writing ideas at the minute. I do. Can you tell us about them or are they very secret? I no, they're very secret. They're very secret. <laughs> gestational. Well, I'm going for the novel approach of writing a novel. Yeah. Based on those years. Yeah. In Greece. Oh, nice. And they always say that writing a novel is a good way to make sure that you've got ownership of the story before it gets adapted into other forms. Yeah. Because then it's yours. Do you have a dream role? Oh, I haven't been asked that for a few years now. And I remember I I joined Crescent Management as a co-op and then I thought I might get more opportunities with a personal manager. Nothing. I I had one audition for Holby City that I didn't get. And then after that, nothing. And it was like, oh, darling, um, Hollywood stars are doing adverts now. So I didn't do anything for a year or two. And then I went back to Crescent and worked again. So, um, So if you're an actor out there, or you know somebody who wants to be an actor, tell them to go to a co-op. Yeah. You get work. It's a good idea. Well, thank you very much. Let's polish off Name That Show. Name That Show. Come and get me, boys. Any idea? Any closer to name? Also, it says, uh-uh. Come and get me, boys. Well, I can tell you the answer is... It's Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge. Oh, I have seen that. You have seen that. It's a great film and it's an enormous fun track. That's Nicole Kidman singing. There's also some Jim Broadbent screaming in the middle of the track, which I absolutely adore. So the track Sparkling Diamonds, but the name of the show was Moulin Rouge. So if you got that right, give yourself five points to Gryffindor. Well, that's it from us. We'll leave you with the whole version of Sparkling Diamonds. Joe's back next week, so join us on Thursday at 11 on River Radio for more... From, from the, the stage, stage door. The French are glad to die for love. A kiss on the hand may be quite continental, but diamonds are a girl's best friend. A kiss may be grand, but it's Men grow cold as girls grow old And we all lose our job
material world And I am a material Or else no dice.